Hey, what up, people? Thank you for listening to the Stuff I Don't Like podcast. I just wanted to take a moment out to thank everyone who's rated and reviewed my podcast. I was looking at the ratings over the weekend, and I saw there was a couple new ones, and I was, like, really touched because the first couple, not gonna lie, I just forced my best friends to write them. (laughs) So it's nice to see that, like, strangers actually took the time to review my podcast and say nice things. Still got that five-star rating. But what I'm asking you to do is if you have not rated or reviewed or subscribed to the podcast and you continue to listen to it week after week, please give us a rating, please. The more subscribes and more ratings and reviews a show gets, the higher it is in the charts. It gets more exposure. You know that section where it recommends other shows for you. They base that on all, you know, the data they have from the ratings and reviews. So I'm trying to get this podcast popping. I'm trying to glow up in 2018. I'm trying to make these money moves. So please, I hate to beg, but I ain't too proud to beg. So... everyone thanks for listening to another episode um so i want to introduce my guest her name is jessica hilton lecky she is an award-winning food blogger and chef and she mostly makes vegetarian recipes now vegan recipes that's something that we could all learn and benefit from so thank you jessica for being on the show of course hi ray hi so um, I want to, first off, I think a lot of people have misconceptions about, you know, being a vegetarian. And I wanted to ask you, is that something that's common in Jamaica? Because, you know, I think of that as like a meat eating culture. So how did you get into being a vegetarian, vegan? Um, yeah, I think in Jamaica, it's really high on um, the amount of misconceptions. Mm. Um, actually, just the other day, someone was asking me if I can have chocolate. And oh. I was trying to say to them that, yeah, I can. And they're like, oh, you mean like the really bitter one? I was like, no, no, just regular chocolate. Like, not an alien. <laughs> I think there's a lot of, I think a lot of people, it sounds just so far into them. And, you know, there aren't that many resources here. I mean, of course, there's the internet, but like locally for people to really say, hey, this is what, and a lot of people think um, here at least that being vegetarian means you still eat fish, you know, so oh, that yeah. alone, yeah. So there are a few people that understand what pescatarian is, you know, so it's, but I mean, it's, it's getting better, but it's, it's still, it's still climbing pretty slowly though. But um, I became a vegetarian in 2014. And I just became vegan about three and a half months ago. Oh, so it, wow. Yeah. So it's been like a, a really interesting journey since then, though. So what um, first inspired you to switch to plant-based diet? Okay, so I'm going to start. I'm going to do both since it's kind of like both. But um, so in 2014, in May, actually, um, 
I don't know. I, I'm, I think I just got tired of meat and I didn't realize it because like one day I went to the kitchen to make a meal and my body literally just stopped me. Like, like force feel stopped. And I was like, yeah, you're not going to eat chicken anymore. I was like, oh, okay. And I just haven't had it since then. And that's a very rare story. I think a lot of people make a conscious decision and all of that. But for me, it was like, my body was like, no, no more. And um, I think like I was over that year, if I really look back, I was probably like subconsciously transitioning because I was having a lot more veggie meals and like less meat and without like purposefully doing it. So I think that day was just like the day. Um, but in terms of like inspiring, it was just, like I said, I think I just got sick of meat at that point. Wow. But I think, yeah, I, I think my vegan transition was way more conscious. Like I decided and what inspired me to go vegan was health. Cause I realized that I had an insane dairy addiction. Um, like I had cheese every day on every meal, unless it was like oatmeal or something, but it was kind of insane. I put cheese on everything and I was just like, okay. And it wasn't until one day I tried to stop and then I got these insane headaches and I realized, oh wait, I'm like addicted to this. And so I like tried kind of on and off for a year and then like it finally stuck. I just stuck through, you know, that, 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 that week of withdrawals. But yeah, I definitely say health was the second, like why I went vegan for sure. I agree. Cause I, I was a vegetarian for about four years. Yeah. Um, I stopped, but <laughs> I, I still, I still don't eat meat very often. And I yeah, think yeah. that when I first told my family that I didn't want to eat meat, it, like I can relate to people thinking you're like, what's wrong with you? You're weird. <laughs> or just not understanding. And for yeah. me, it was exactly the same. It was health. Um, I gave up meat um, my senior year in high school. Yeah. For Lent one year, even though I'm not Catholic, I, I still do Lent. Just yeah, we do, yeah, we do Lent here as well, yeah, like either way. <laughs> so I gave up meat and I noticed that I had lost some weight, that I yeah. just had so much more energy. I wasn't tired all the time because I think when you give up meat, at least for me, I was eating a lot of fast food. So when yeah. you eat meat, it sort of forces you to stop eating fast food. Damn, yeah. <laughs> because yeah, most fast food, yeah, it was like hamburger, tacos, meaty things. So yeah. I gave it up for that. And I realized, oh, you know, I feel better. I have more energy. So yeah. I think I'm going to stop eating meat. But for me, it was mainly health reasons, like, I mean, animals are cool, but I mean, I, I, wasn't, yeah, yeah. I yeah. wasn't motivated by that. <laughs> no, I can totally relate because um, I think, I, and I think that's why it's kind of important to like share your transition story because a lot of people feel like, at least what I've seen, you know, um, they're like, oh, you went vegan for animals. And I'm like, I love animals, but it's not an easy process, you know, it is a conscious decision you have to make to go vegan, you know, and I agree with you, like, my health was just so important to me, I was just like, yeah, this is definitely going to be the factor that's going to drive me for sure, so I can totally relate to that. So what do you think are some 
common misconceptions that people have about being a vegan or a vegetarian because I hear a lot of the times when I first switch like oh it's too expensive it's too hard it's too this but what are some things that you know you find that aren't really true so if people are thinking about adopting a healthier lifestyle that they can you know learn yeah well I think what you're saying like I hear that a lot as well I hear it's too expensive a lot um and like to be honest, if you're going to have, you know, the latest, like, vegan cheeses in your fridge and, like, the newest Satan sausages and everything, like, it's going to be expensive that way if you're doing a lot of, you know, like, ready-made food. But that's kind of like any diet, you know? If you order out for anything all the time, it's going to cost you a lot. But definitely, I think the basics of any, like, vegetarian or vegan diet are pretty affordable, you know? Um, and, like, in... I'd say everything else, like in Jamaica, we call it brothel. So everything else is just like extra. So if you decide like you want just a nice, simple, like Buddha bowl, which is just, you know, like some chickpeas or some beans and like some quinoa rice, it's not going to cost you a lot. But I definitely think when you decide I'm going to like upgrade that with extra things, kind of like a guac costs extra everywhere. You know? <laughs> um, so I think it's, if you think of it from the point of view, just like basic meals, it's not expensive. I have oatmeal almost every single morning. I actually love oatmeal. Um, and that doesn't cost anything at all, you know? And, yeah. <laughs> but even like veggie burgers, I make veggie burgers a lot. And that's like just black beans. You could use like brown rice in them. And it's like super easy and not expensive ingredients at all. So I think that's probably the one I hear a lot. But I think a lot of people are kind of comparing it to like the salads are so expensive when you buy them, you know, like for takeout. I think yeah. that's kind of what they're thinking of. And I also hear um, a lot that there's nothing to eat, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people say, oh my gosh, so what do you even eat? And I'm like, there's a lot. And I, my husband actually just became vegan as well. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of did it around the same time, actually. So um, was, he a, was he a vegetarian with you before as well? Um, he was a straight meat eater. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. yeah, he, yeah. And we did it for like, he did it for his health too, but we didn't even do that like the exact same time. I was actually pretty shocked, but obviously like happy that he's doing like what's best for him, you know? Yeah. But he wrote a blog post on our blog, Jessica in the Kitchen, and he said something that I really liked. He said, switching to a plant-based lifestyle isn't a reason to stop eating your favorite types of food. And I like that because, like, that's such a good point. Like, I still have pizza. I still have burgers, you know. Um, I still have fries, probably too often. <laughs> <laughs> like, desserts, you know, and I'll have that, like, interchange with, like, my salads and my smoothie bowls or whatever it is that I'm eating. So I just, I think, like, that one is a big misconception as well because there's so many options that you can have. It's just like, you know, transforming. Like it's 2018. There are so many ways, you know, recreate our favorite dish. And I think the last one I hear a lot is that you're going to starve because, again, nothing to eat. But, I mean, I do think you have to eat more. I did yeah. notice that. Um, my husband has noticed that as well. But you definitely won't starve, yeah. <laughs> That's so true. I think you do have to eat more like yeah. plants and whatnot but I I do agree that I think people wrongly assume that it's more expensive to be healthy but in my practices I find sometimes it's cheaper 
Like, yeah, yeah, definitely—that's like the cheapest thing you could get at the store. Broccoli, yeah. <laughs> apples, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so much stuff that's cheap. Even beans are yeah. so cheap and such a great source of protein and fiber. So yeah. I totally agree that it, anything you can, anything you do, can be done, you know, on a budget. So if that's yeah. deterring some people, I don't think it should. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So how do you think that people say maybe they just want to be healthier, but not fully uh, implement a vegan or a vegetarian lifestyle? Do you have some tips that they can just incorporate fruits and vegetables in their everyday life without, you know, fully switching over? Yeah. So like I actually did a post on this a couple of years ago about like, I think it was like 10 sneaky and easy ways to get more veggies in your life. Um, because the funny thing is that as a vegan, you can actually not really eat that many like whole plants, yeah, you know? Yeah, you could just, You're just having it like, all day. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So even for us, it's like a way for us to like incorporate way more like whole veggies and whole fruits. But I think the easiest way is smoothies. Um, I think everyone likes smoothies, I'm assuming, but also like, especially fruit smoothies, you know? So if you're having like a strawberry smoothie, you can add a couple of cups of kale in and you're not going to taste it because the strawberry is so overpowering. And then maybe add mango in it and now all you're tasting is strawberry and mango, you know? So I think that's like the easiest way. And it's also a great way for like, if you have leftover fruits, you could just make a fruit medley kind of thing. Um, and I definitely think as well, like baking them. So like beet chips, we have a lot of, we have kale chips as well. I love kale chips. Like, so much um and i would also say like sauces are probably the easiest way and the one that you'll use the most since you can make like a pesto with like several cups of like kale or like spinach or something and then that's not a sauce that you can spread on like your burgers or your pizza or anything you know and if i think like buddha bowls as well so buddha bowls are just like a combination of veggies and like a sauce so i like to do like greek ingredients you know like greek salad ingredients and have like maybe hummus in the middle or something like that and it tastes good because there's a sauce you know and you can like make everything separately the way you like it and put together so i think it's just like about being creative and just finding little ways you know maybe like a salad on the side but it doesn't have to be just a salad like i said it could be a sauce and so you're like packing veggies into a lot of your meals without even realizing it that's really cool. I like that. And, you know, uh, for those who don't know, Jessica has an amazing blog, Jessica in the Kitchen. Thank and you. <laughs> I, I, you know, have been looking at your blog since I was first introduced to you, and it's so beautiful and has a lot of creative recipes. Like you were saying, people think that, oh, if I'm a vegetarian, a vegan, like I have to just eat salads every day. <laughs> but that's not true. But say, um, I guess the reason why I, you know, transitioned back from being a vegetarian to eating meat occasionally is because let's just be honest, I'm like a lazy person. And <laughs> I feel like a lot of people are lazy or maybe they're too busy so yeah. um what are some tips you can give for people who are busy but maybe they don't have time every single day to create you know a meal from scratch and be healthy yeah. well I think like if you want to make and I guess like there are two things because you could 
you know, sometimes buy certain things if that helps, like stuff that just makes life a little easier. But if you want to like be making it at home, then definitely meal prep. And I don't necessarily mean like all day meal prep and it's like a thousand meals and it's a whole week because that can get kind of overwhelming sometimes, even though it's really helpful. So even like if like the night before you're like, you know, I want to have a healthier breakfast. Let me like just make some pancakes. I saw someone make pancake batter the night before, then they just added like some almond milk to it the next morning. So mm-hmm. all they had to do was just pour the, I was like, that's such a good idea. So I think like, it's just about not trying to make the decision as soon as you're hungry. Cause that's normally when you're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, there are so many things that we've done that are just super easy. Like, in terms of meal prep, like we'll make like the oatmeal cups and then they're just in your fridge. And that's literally just pouring ingredients into like little cups, muffin cups and baking it. Or like maybe like even like a vegan quiche. That's like really good as well. Or like just like making batch meals as well. Um, just things that make your life easier for the next few days. You know, I found that that helped a lot because we... I think a lot of people assume that because we have a food blog, there's always food in the fridge. It's not true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I found that that has helped us a lot to just meal prep things. But like also, like you said, super easy recipes. So like I just did a recipe yesterday on the blog, which is a, like a vegan chickpea tuna salad sandwich. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and like when I say literally open the can of chickpeas, drain it, Add that into the food processor, throw like the vegan mayo, relish, seasonings on top, and then you press pulse like five times and that's it. Like it's so easy, <laughs> but it's like you can like make a double batch, put it on a sandwich, you know? So it's just like about finding those recipes where you're like, okay, 15 minutes or less, this is me kind of thing. So yeah, I think stuff like that would really help. And also not pressuring yourself to feel like you have to make every meal at home because I don't make every meal at home you know mm-hmm. so I think it's okay if you're like all right I want to eat something healthier but maybe I can buy like some frozen veggie burgers that I know at least are like by this company they're made healthy so it's not every single meal in my life I'm making like from scratch that makes sense yeah um so you have such a variety of different dishes on your blog I'm looking at it right now as you mentioned like the chickpea sandwich but you also have like an Asian quinoa salad and pasta and um pulled pork and curry so where do you you know draw inspiration from to pull all these different cultures together do you travel a lot or are you reading a lot of books so I I do travel a lot <laughs> like this joke amongst my friends oh you're back home now so <laughs> I do travel a lot and I think like I love travel. I've been traveling since I was four years old. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) And um I don't know. I just love just like seeing how different people around the world are eating and like, you know, how they use their own ingredients or even the same ingredients you're using, like a completely different way or something. So I think like doing that and then seeing how can I integrate this into like my own life. So even there's a cauliflower taco I think I have on the blog and I made that like a month after we came back from Mexico and that was just seeing the call. I was like, how have I never thought of this? And then I was just like, I need to try this. And I said, you know, stuff like that. But um, I don't even think you have to travel all over, even if you're like, okay. And this is probably like where takeout or eating out comes in. So, and I think eating out 
in this case would help because you're like at the restaurant you're like in the scene so like maybe like trying a Lebanese restaurant you know instead of like your favorite Chinese restaurant you're like oh I never thought of this so that's what I do as well like that helps a lot for me to just like try new things that I've never tried we tried an Ethiopian place the other day and I was shocked at how much I enjoyed it like I knew I would but I was just like I never thought of making something like this you know so I think those are like like eating out in like um a different restaurant is kind of a way of traveling especially mm-hmm. if it's like an authentic restaurant but I also watch a lot of cooking documentaries like oh what are some of your favorite ones oh my gosh <laughs> I love chef's table like I have watched one of those episodes like 10 times like I have a favorite episode and I just keep watching it over and over like I feel like I'm in a mood for this episode but I just like because it's all over the world and you're just seeing like how this chef's life influenced it and you're like I want to you know try this new thing and I also love Cooked which is by Michael Pollan mm-hmm. and um I just love the way he talks about even just ingredients and food and everything and I think I've tried to like translate that so even like the way I treat ingredients you know like with respect and all of that I think that it really helps me to like just like draw inspiration for new recipes as well because I can even look at chickpeas and be like huh this is such a versatile ingredient it doesn't have to just be you know curry chickpeas even though I have a curry chickpea recipe I could also try it as like like the chickpea tuna you know and I think that just comes from just like saying how can I use this ingredient like the best of its ability as an example so yeah it's kind of like just day-to-day life can help as well you know just um you're hungry <laughs> that helps as well. you're like oh my gosh I'd really go for a sandwich right now how can I make this into a sandwich so yeah I think it's just kind of looking for inspiration like everywhere basically so were you you know did your love of cooking start before you switched to you know being a vegetarian and vegan your whole life you like to cook or was it sort of spawned out of oh you know I've made this choice now I need to think of what to eat so that's a good question so I actually started a baking business when I was 18 I think um wow yeah um and this was like back in 2010 so I might have been like 17 18 but um it was called Jessica Bates which is my high school nickname Jessica and (laughs) it started just like I started that one day I just wanted to make cupcakes and they were terrible (laughs) like (laughs) like awful I did not understand the whole baking soda baking powder thing and I just wanted to try something from scratch and from there I just like really learned and I think just like starting that way not with any recipe or anything really helped me to start like you know paying more attention to ingredients and everything and um yeah but that slowly transitioned into cooking so I started with baking which is harder than cooking oh and much harder, much harder. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I like I kind of like because I loved baking you know and like the company did really well and everything but I stopped because of law school but I think I would probably like cook just to find that like kind of casual relief because you know baking is so precise so the cooking was just like more relaxing for me. And then I just started to cook way more often. And then I started to blog about food. So like I started the blog with the baking, then slowly you saw more savory stuff coming in. And then like as of 2014, I was like, okay, this is not a baking blog anymore. <laughs> I need to like rebrand it. So yeah, it was definitely a process all the way up until that started before. That's cool. 
So yeah. I want to ask for, you know, myself yeah. as a content creator, yeah. a podcaster, you are very successful, you know, um, <laughs> uh, congratulations on that, <laughs> you, have, you know, a lot of followers on a lot of uh, social media platforms, and I have won awards, been nominated for awards for your amazing blog and beautiful photography. Yeah. <laughs> How do you, I guess, give some tips, say, you know, there's someone who's passionate about something, maybe it's cooking, maybe it's mm -hmm. fashion. How are you able to expand your audience in sort of a natural and authentic way? Okay, so I think it kind of starts with, you know, like just finding a niche, of course, like what is it that I want to do? Um, and different platforms work in totally different ways. So like Facebook was probably... I guess because of the audience, it was the easiest to grow there, if that makes sense. And then Instagram was like much harder, but the Instagram audience is like super niche and, you know, like really friendly and everything. So I, I think, think that is, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess it's my, my own experience. Mm -hmm. So like, even though my Facebook page is much larger, I just love like Instagram. Yeah. But, um, I definitely would say to just like, for me, what I really did was just like find myself a core values for Jessica in the kitchen. And then I just stuck to them. I know it sounds pretty simple, but like I just like every single day, I was just like, we're going to follow these and we're just going to be as authentic as possible. So like my core values are love, authenticity, spirituality, growth, and health. And that's like for me and Jessica in the kitchen. And yeah, I just kept that. I was consistent with that. I was consistent in general. So like, whether it was posting on IG every single evening at 9 p.m. or like um, a blog post Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know? So I think that helped. Also like just staying in my own community, like meeting new bloggers, going to conferences. That was, I think conferences was like an unexpected growth platform because oh. you learn so much at conferences that you don't think you're gonna learn. You meet a lot more people and then that's more people to even just like help share your own content, you know? So it's like, Finding friends in the community as well, in an authentic way, of course, um, I think is a great idea as well. So, like, I have some really good friends now who are bloggers who, like, we were, on, were friends online forever, and now we're, like, in real in-person friends, you know? Yeah. So, that was nice. And then you also have someone who gets you. They get what you're doing. They can help to relate to you as well. So, you know, you're not just, like, talking in a vacuum to people that don't understand so I think that helps with like support as well. But I mean, I just like, if I had a number one tip, it would just be consistency, you know, mm. on the days, like, especially on the days you don't want to do it. <laughs> That's exactly what I say yeah. I said that yeah. on my podcast so many times. So yeah. Consistency is key and that's what allows you to grow and to learn and to yeah, build your audience. So and I think I think it's so easy to do it on the easy days. It's really the days that you're like, I do not want to do this. Like, yeah, so, you know, so yeah, definitely would say, like you said, consistency is the number one thing for sure. That's really good advice. And yeah. like, so when you started the blog, were you a photographer or was, who's taking oh these photos? <laughs> so beautiful. Like, Thank you. So like I didn't, I'm, so, you know, Funny enough, I'm like, my dad, when I won my award in January, my dad was like, hey, you know, don't forget who introduced you to photography. I was like, <laughs> I was like okay, that's true, that's true. Because he's always been into photography. Um, and I would like, 
so like my photos were terrible at first but they just weren't that great mm. and then I actually um he would like lend me his camera sometimes so like I at least knew like what a DSLR felt like then I bought my own I was like okay this is really cool and then I actually did a course in it so just like a course through a book and then I did an online course as well and that made such a difference it's I'm like oh my gosh if you start a vlog start with photography full stop because it makes such a difference. Just your visuals tell your story. You oh, know, it's a hundred. Yeah, I'm like a graphic designer. That's what I do, and people will DM me and be like, "Oh, I like your Instagram. I like your podcast website. Can you make a website for me?" But I tell them it's all about the photos. Like, it yeah. matter. I can design a website for you, but that's literally just empty squares like yeah, if yeah exactly not yeah. good it doesn't matter like yeah. if I design a website for you oh yeah no I yeah I totally agree with you because like when I even just like go back on old posts they're great recipes but the photo doesn't really tell it you know so it's kind of like, ah, okay as opposed to no where you're like oh I know that's gonna taste good but yeah. I think I think what happened for me is that after a while I realized I really like taking photos you know and I just got really into it. I did way more courses. I would practice. Like, I almost, like, had a rule. I'm going to practice every single day. And that was for, like, months. Mm. I made sure every single day I'm going to take a photo. Um, I'd come home and, like, from law school, and I'd just be taking the photos. And, yeah, I just... So even, like, now, um, when I'm not, like, photographing as often, because we do, like, more batch days for um, recipes it's still nice to just hold the camera in my hand and you know I still try and like just constantly refresh myself on like okay this does this just to like keep it you know fresh and everything because you don't want to get stagnant you know <laughs> but yeah I would definitely say like a photography course is a worthy investment for sure. So you mentioned you were in law school and you were doing the blog that seems like a lot of time like <laughs> I don't understand how you were able to do those. So do you have any tips? I'm always trying to give people tips so they can sort of maximize their potential. So do you have any tips on time management? Because you were able to start this blog and take photography courses and be in law school. Like, <laughs> I don't know where the time came from. <laughs> like, sometimes I look back, I'm like, how did I do all of these things at once? I mean, honestly, I think it was because, like, at that time, of course, the blog was still a hobby, you know. Um, mm -hmm. It got more serious after 2014, so I was still in law school, um, or, like, yeah, I think I was still in law school. Um, everything's a blur, though. <laughs> but um, I would definitely say if you, like, if you want to make time for something, you will, you know what I mean? So, like, if it's super important to you, you make time for it. So instead of coming home and watching TV, as an example, spend that hour, you know, um, doing that instead. And law school was like from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. So we did have several hours in the evening that weren't school. Of course, you know, you could spend them studying, but, you know, you can also like, so I think it's just like about saying, what are my top priorities? You know, of course, sleep should be your number one priority always. But I would just come home from law school and I would just go right into my blog. Like, that was me. And, yeah, so I think that would probably be my tip for, like, if you're juggling lots of things. But even, like, now, time management-wise, um, where this is my full-time job, I 
keeping a planner is like my number one thing because I heard someone say something like the other day, I think a YouTuber, she was saying that our mind is the worst like organizational office or something like that. But she was just basically saying, trying to remember everything and like rely on your mind to do it all. It's just a recipe for disaster. So like I have a planner and if I want to do something, it has to be written down. And I try to make like realistic to-do lists, not like a crazy to-do list where I'm like, okay, this is going to spill over into everything, you know? So I think it's just about like, just like being realistic with yourself and just, just using a to-do list. I find a lot of people don't use to-do lists, but they make such a big difference for me because I'm not trying to, you know, like guess what do I have to do? And then I'm stressed out. Then I forget something important as an example. That, that makes a lot of sense. Like yeah. simple tips, but sometimes the simplest things make yeah (laughs) and doing them consistently consistently you know (laughs) so I guess you're in law school you're blogging how do you make the transition from this being a hobby to um becoming your full-time job are there any tips you can give to people as far as I guess getting sponsors or I don't really know how blogging works so (laughs) that's a great question um and actually, I wrote a post about this, like, last month, like, what I do in a day. Because mm-hmm. I realized there's still a lot of, like, misconception, understandably so, because it's a brand new career, you yeah, know? Like, yeah. online influencer is like a, it's like a 2010 thing, maybe, yeah, you know? that's, I'm like, <laughs> I, I know one of my friends, she has a really cute Instagram, and she travels a lot. Yeah. And I tell her, I'm like, oh, you can be an influencer, like, but yeah. I don't know how do you become an influencer? Yeah. I don't really know. <laughs> but I would definitely, so like for me, um, just like a little background, I finished law school and I was a lawyer for like two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think what really helped is like, like just plan ahead. So like, if you know you want to do this, I definitely say like start saving. So, because I think the worst thing that can happen to your creativity is that it becomes like, it has to make money for you. So it kind of becomes a little desperate, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I did get the advantage of being it because I had money saved up, being able to explore my creativity properly. You know, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I have to do this thing. And, you know, you have all this desperate energy in your life or anything. So I would definitely say, like, start saving. Um, I don't know a number, maybe like six months to a year ahead or something that you just know I have more than enough. And, like, also, of course, like, look at your business and say, how can I make money smart from this, you know? Because I think the biggest change for me was when a friend of mine said to me, you are charging way too little. And sharing with your friends helps, you know? So I was doing tons of work for not that much money and she told me to basically like triple my price wow that's your price for like advertising like oh like like sponsored posts yeah okay i was just like oh my gosh what so i did it and it it worked you know and so i think um even that like making sure you're you're charging what you're worth because that's a big problem like as women that we have like actually charging what we are worth and that was that for me was the biggest thing so no I do like less sponsored posts but they're definitely way more worth it for me but sponsored posts and like brands it kind of just starts with like saying what brands work with my niche and um how can I help the brand with their own goals you know because I think a lot of times you're like hey brand I have a lot of followers work with me 
but they're like, okay, but do you even know what our latest product is or something, you know? So it's kind of like reaching out to the brand and letting them know, hey, I want to help you with your own goals and we can work together that way. So that for me, so I basically like only work with like vegan brands as an example, or if they're not vegan, they're dairy free or something that would work with my audience. So I think that for sure, and that's a whole process, you know, that comes, I think, with just experience. There's no perfect like brand letter. It just, it just comes with like being consistent, showing the brand, hey, I'm actually using your products as an example, reaching back out and saying, hey, did you get my email without being annoying or anything, you know? So I think that is just, that's just a process everyone has to learn and just be okay that you're going to be rejected a lot, (laughs) but it will definitely be worth it in the end. Um, But yeah, I think having a strong core group of friends and family members as a support team is so important because even just like venturing out on your own can get really lonely and just scary. You know, you're like, what am I doing? Like, am I really saying no to a like solid paycheck every month, you know? But I think like for me, that made such a big difference. My family was 100% on board with me doing it. They were super supportive. Like, um, I, my friends were super supportive. So I think that for me made a huge difference because I didn't feel like I was doing it alone, you know? So yeah, just like in summary, like I definitely say save, um, have a, have a plan, have like a core group of friends and just like, just put yourself out there, you know, and definitely know that what you're doing is going to be worth it and charge what you're worth. Yeah. And from your experience, would you say like, what is there a certain like threshold of followers you think that brands are open to working with people say I'm a blogger but I only have 5,000 followers do you think like should you reach out to I guess smaller brands or bigger brands you know it's such a hard question only because I don't think ah, it's so tricky I had a friend say to me the other day that um a brand said they wouldn't work with him because he didn't have 10,000 followers. Mm. So I don't know if that's like what they're generally looking for. I have, when I didn't have 10,000 followers, I did have a brand say to me, come back to us when you have 10. Mm. I think 10 is such a weird number because it doesn't like (laughs) accomplish, you know, it's not like ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Um, But I think there are brands that if you can like, especially if you're like in a niche like I am, um there are brands that they are more willing to look at engagement rate more than anything yeah. else you can have all the followers in the world. because you can have fake yeah. followers exactly exactly <laughs> exactly so it's such a hard question because um yeah you can have like you said fake followers and uh, i really hope you know brands are not just using that one figure but i mean i will definitely say that passing like the 10 15 on instagram and like passing like passing like fifty thousand on facebook i did have a lot more brands reaching out to me oh. um so now i'm at like twenty six thousand, i think on instagram and like a hundred and odd thousand on facebook and so i think they do look for bigger numbers but i, I don't think that means like don't put yourself out there you know yeah. definitely if you can get on the phone because i realize phone calls make a huge difference when they realize this is a real human being, you know, who's working really hard and they have an amazing audience. I think they can like get past like, I guess, lower numbers in the beginning for sure. Yeah, that's really great advice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
so I think I, I know you said that you had to do something at two, right? Oh no, I'm oh, like, oh, fine. Oh, it's fine. Okay, <laughs> I just didn't want to keep not trying. Right. Yeah, but yeah. So let me think. I feel like I really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, <laughs> like so much. And I know I chat a lot. <laughs> oh, no, that's perfect. I think that's like for me. I, I started this podcast because I felt that I don't know. I feel like there weren't spaces where people could just talk freely without fear of being judged or being (laughs) perceived a certain way there's very few spaces so I wanted to start this podcast and invite you know a variety of guests to just speak what's on their mind and tell their truth and hopefully we can all learn from uh what's going on yeah you have an amazing podcast like I've been listening from the moment I was introduced (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, I love this idea. I love the topics, everything. So yeah, thank you for creating that space. Cause you're right. It's not, it's not easy. And you do have those limited spaces. Like normally it's like you come home and you're like, oh, finally. <laughs> I'm not anymore. Um, so yeah, I totally agree with you. But I had, I had a lot of fun talking to you today. I had fun talking to you and hopefully maybe one day we can meet in real life. definitely definitely time you're in america yes definitely (laughs) you come here often yeah um boy very often normally once a month oh yeah yeah (laughs) so do you think that most of i guess your followers would do you think they're mostly in jamaica or in america or international so like 60 to 70% of my followers are in America. Wow. Yeah, it's like, and then, and then it's like, I think Canada, then the UK, then Australia, then Switzerland. And then like at number 14 is Jamaica. So <laughs> maybe there's nowhere on that, <laughs> on that list at all. Maybe that's, I guess, because like being vegan and vegetarian is probably yeah. most popular in those other countries. And I think like, yeah, I agree with you. And I think like, because like the internet has kind of made the world so much smaller. So, yeah. I mean, I could be anywhere in the world, you know, and I don't think people really, they don't pay attention to that anymore, which is good, you know? So I think that helps. I do have a lot of Jamaican followers on Instagram, I realized. Oh. Um, yeah, I think on Instagram, it's mainly Kings, maybe, maybe, no, maybe not, maybe like a 30% Jamaica on Instagram. Yeah, so it's higher there for sure. <laughs> so I guess last sort of, well, not question, but uh, is there, if you'd like to tell the listeners, you know, the name of your blog or any places they can find you or if you have any things you want to promote or let people know about. Okay, so you guys can find me over on my blog, Jessica in the Kitchen. That's jessicainthekitchen.com. And we share three new blog posts every single week. And it's a combination of recipes or like roundups or guides or tips and tricks. And you guys can also follow me on Instagram at Jessica in the Kitchen, on Pinterest at Jessica's Kitchen, and on Facebook at Jessica in the Kitchen blog. I don't really have anything to promote right now. I do have an ebook though, and it came out last year. A lot of people have been raving about it to me, and it's about transitioning actually. If you're transitioning, oh, yeah. Great. 
to a meatless lifestyle, it's it's all a lot of detail. It explains everything down to like what is nutritional yeast, everything. So it's really to help someone who wants to just do this like they have no prior information and that was the point to be able to help them. So that's at if you go on jessicainthekitchen.com and just look at ebook on the sidebar or jessicainthekitchen.com slash ebook and that's where you can find it. Well thank you yeah. so much guys go get that ebook. <laughs> her, her food looks amazing it's motivated me to stop being lazy and cook. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that and thanks for uh being on the show Jessica. thank you so much for having me ray okay bye bye Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Stuff I Don't Like podcast. If you're a fan of the show, I have a really great offer for you. So I designed these logo pins based on the logo for my show. And I'm sending free pins out. That's right, free shipping, free everything. All you have to do is go to my website, stuffidontlike.net, and sign up for the mailing list, and I will send you a free pin. If for some reason you don't want to give me your physical address, maybe you're the CIA. Maybe you know you live on a hippie commune in the woods and you don't even have an address. That's cool too, because you can still enter your email address and be added that way. You won't receive a pin if I don't have your physical address, but you will receive updates and exclusive content. You'll be the first to know when I launch my ebook that's coming up called 30 Dope Reads, which will just be a compilation of books that I love and would love for everyone to share and enjoy. So yeah, please go to the website, stuffidontlike.net and subscribe to the mailing list. Thanks, guys.